Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Bible in Order, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading for November 23rd is Acts chapters 15 and 16, the Jerusalem Council. Some men came down from Judea and began to teach the brothers, unless you are circumcised, according to the custom prescribed by Moses, you cannot be saved. Of course, they're referring to the Levitical law. If you read Leviticus beginning in chapter 1, it outlines who can be a priest and how and what they need to do and all of the different sacrifices and ritual rules that had to do with cleansing one's self to be able to go into the temple and fellowship with God. As people are being added to the faith, some people took it upon themselves graciously their names are not saved for us so that we don't have to defame them for all of eternity. Perhaps these men were well-meaning, but they were just religious. Paul and Barnabas engaged them. They even argued and debated, and we're not sure if there was a resolution there or not. But the same issue opens up again in the next paragraph, where some who were believers who were Pharisees, interestingly, began telling the believers they had to keep the law of Moses and be circumcised in order to be fully approved by God. Because this issue kept coming up, and it was coming from within the church, and it seemed to be happening in other areas as Paul and Barnabas were traveling around, the leadership team, the Jerusalem Council, came together to pray, no doubt fast, and make a determination. Is this something that we need to continually debate? Is it something that people need to divide over? Let's listen to what Jesus is saying and have a conversation about it with the desire of unity and doing the right thing. Peter shares his testimony of what we read about in Acts chapter 10 and 11, how God made no distinction between Jew or Gentile, but he cleansed their hearts through faith. And it's the same way today. God cleanses our hearts through faith. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, there is a change that takes place, and you feel God changing you. Many people have a desire to be baptized. Many people will immediately stop some of their bad habits, but it comes as a result of faith. Peter reiterates that in verse 11, we are saved by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ in the same way they are. In other words, the Gentiles and the Jews are experiencing the same grace even in the same way, and it's apart from the law. Many Christians today take that too far, and they say we have nothing to do with any of the law of God. But if you look at the context of this clash between these two groups of people, the recurring motif is the debate around circumcision. The whole context around the conversation of circumcision begins in Leviticus 12, verse 3. All of those rules and procedures and laws that were given from Leviticus 1 through the end of chapter 12 and beyond all had to do with purification from sin, being set apart and cleansed for people to be able to go in and have fellowship with God in the temple or in the tabernacle. It was all about 
preparing one's self in order to meet with God. So the long and short of it is Gentiles do not need to be circumcised in order to enter into Christian faith. It also has nothing to do with keeping of the Ten Commandments, which was handed down in the book of Exodus. We should be careful not to go further than the text suggests, and just because it says we don't have to be circumcised or circumcise our children, it doesn't mean that we can ignore everything written in the Old Testament and that we're totally free in Christ and we can do whatever we want and get away with it. It doesn't mean that we can ignore the Sabbath day commandment and any other commandments we choose. It just means we don't have to prepare ourselves physically in order to meet with the holy God who is creator of all things. The leaders of the church in Jerusalem get together, largely comprised of the apostles, and they write a letter to believers that that is to go out to all believers everywhere, likely, and it tells them they have a few things they need to pay attention to and not be burdened with many of the other things they've been told. They are to abstain from things polluted by idols. In other words, don't go and knowingly purchase meat that was sacrificed to a pagan god. They should abstain from sexual immorality, from anything that has been strangled, which perhaps is because that's a very inhumane way to kill an animal, and to abstain from blood. Even in the Old Testament, we are told that God says the life is in the blood, and we are going to have nothing to do with witchcraft and pagan ideas about taking the life of an animal into ourself through drinking its blood. In the letter, it says, We heard that some without our authorization went out from us and troubled you with their words and unsettled your heart. If someone is speaking a word that troubles you and unsettles your heart, it is most likely not God, with the one exception being if you are in unrepentant sin and they are calling you out for your sin. This letter specifies for those who are laying a yoke upon you, they're creating tasks for you to do, that is most likely not from God. Pay attention to how you feel. God speaks to us through logic, how we feel, and obviously, most clearly, through his word. The better we know God's word, the better we know his heart, and we know when our feelings are lining up with what he is saying. But don't discount feeling unsettled or feeling troubled. God created us with emotions and with logic. When something doesn't feel right and it doesn't make sense, especially when we're not in sin but we're walking with the Lord, that thing is probably, almost definitely, not from God. When the believers received the letter, they rejoiced because it encouraged them or because of its encouragement. Judas and Silas, who were prophets, carried the letter to these believers and then encouraged them with the word of the Lord as well. The result of that is the believers were strengthened in their faith, and it's worth noting that the truth always sets us free, encourages us, 
and brings about the abundant life that Jesus mentioned in the Gospel of John. God wants us to have an abundant life, an overflowing life, a life full of joy, not burdens. That's why Jesus said his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Friend, if you are feeling burdened and downtrodden and exhausted, perhaps you are carrying burdens that are not from Jesus. In verse 36, Paul says to Barnabas, let's go back and visit all of those earlier groups of believers that we discipled previously. Barnabas wants to take John Mark with them. And Paul says, no, we're not going to take him because he left us last time we were traveling. We can't trust him. Barnabas, always the one extending grace, strengthening people, giving them the benefit of the doubt, was adamant that John Mark should be able to come with them. And such a sharp disagreement arose between them that they decided to go in different directions. They each went their own way. Sometimes when believers don't see eye to eye, it's because God is using that to get them to move in different directions. It doesn't have to be a bad thing, and it doesn't have to go to the point that it becomes an altercation where people's feelings get hurt. If we would just all listen to the Holy Spirit, what he's telling us to do, sometimes he's going to call one person in a certain direction and somebody else another direction. Just because you've always labored with somebody doesn't mean you're always supposed to labor with somebody. Maybe God could use you more effectively and with greater reach and potential apart than he could together. This disagreement had nothing to do with sin as far as we see from the biblical record. It only had to do with personal preference and what God was leading each person to do. At the end of the day, Barnabas took John Mark and went in a different direction. Paul took Luke and some of the other disciples or apostles and went in a different direction, and both were fulfilling the call of God that he had placed on their lives. This is the way it should be. In chapter 16, we see Paul and Silas arrested for advancing the kingdom of heaven when a slave girl who had a spirit by which she was able to predict the future was following them around and for several days kept saying, These men are proclaiming a way of salvation, and they serve the Most High God. The owners of this girl who used her for profit because of her spirit divination became very upset when Paul cast the demon out of her because it was annoying that she was continually following them around day after day. Even a demon can speak the truth, and sometimes... The truth spoken at the wrong time or in the wrong way actually does more harm than it does good. Just because someone is speaking the truth doesn't mean it's necessary or helpful or good. Because the owners were so upset, they were able to stir up crowds and get Paul and Silas arrested. Never mind that they ended up in the inner sanctum of the jail in stocks with guards all around them. They were continually praising God, singing praises and hymns in the midst of their chains. About midnight, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the jail shook and the chains fell off of Paul and Silas and all the rest of the prisoners. The jailer, awoken by the commotion, 
seeing that the gates of the jail have fallen open, became so upset that he decided to take his own life with a sword. Paul quickly called out to him and said, don't harm yourself. We are all still here. In Acts 12, when God freed Peter from jail, it was God's will for Peter to leave. Maybe it was God's best will for Paul to leave, but we're not told that. We just see that the chains fell off and the gates opened and Paul had the opportunity to leave, but he chose not to. And the jailer had been hearing them preach and sing praises to God, worshiping God from the midst of the stalk in the inner part of the jail. And when he sees that Paul is still there, he falls to his knees and says, what must I do to be saved? Paul and Silas tell him to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and if he does, he will be saved, and his entire household will as well. He escorts them out. In one sentence, he was planning to kill himself because they had escaped the jail, and in the next sentence, he's inviting them out of the jail and taking them to his own house for dinner. The next morning, they must have willingly gone back to the jail because an official from the court comes and tells them that they can go now. And Paul says, how is it that you're going to let us go? We are Roman citizens and you beat us without a trial and jailed us. You're not going to dismiss this and make it go away. You're going to be held accountable for the way you treated us. It's very interesting, this chain of events. Paul willingly laid down his own rights, did not escape, although he had every opportunity and legal right to do so, brought the gospel to the jailer, and then for the people in authority, he wants to hold them accountable and bring attention to their misuse of their authority and failure to follow their own law. How then should we react when the law is not followed and our rights are trampled on. One thing's for certain, there is no one-size-fits-all, but we must pray about it. We must be spirit-led and honor the Lord Jesus the same way the Apostle Paul did, as well as Silas and all the others. God bless you, my friends. Thank you for being on this journey with me. It is such a joy and an honor. We'll see you tomorrow. And for those of you who are interested, I do have a real estate business. I'm licensed with Call It Closed International Realty. I'm a strategic listing specialist and a senior real estate specialist. We are able to help you buy, sell, rent, or invest in real property pretty much anywhere that you would like to do that. You can find details at agentdaviddoty.com. And if you're a real estate professional, we would love to share with you about how Call It Closed International Realty will give you all the tools you need to grow your own business and become more profitable. Thank you so much for your consideration. God bless.